It's really good to see you guys. Um, I don't have, really have like a whole lot of intro stuff. I just want to share my heart. I just want to share my heart and go right into uh, the scriptures today and what God's doing. Um, about a year ago, and this here's how much I'm going with my notes today is because um, this wasn't even my notes. But about a year ago, God started doing something uh, really deep in me, um, and He does a lot of deep things. You know, just uh, you know, each year there's kind of something that I've learned big. You know, and uh, a big thing that. I think you know, especially as a pastor, I've been in ministry for, uh, like, full-time ministry for a long time and, and was walking with the Lord um, years before that. And so just walking with the Lord for a long time, and we think that we have, like, our identity really founded and rooted in Him. And then, like, you hit a season that kind of, like, takes your legs out from under you. And, or maybe in a time like this of fasting, and we're kind of stripping some things away, food and sugar and some things that we have real good, um, you know, comfort zone with or whatever that might be for you and we see that God kind of lifts up the rug and it's an opportunity to really for him to really get in deep and, and speak to our heart and so about a year ago I was battling through some different things and man God really began to just pound my identity in Christ and you would think like a, a you know a pastor that's been a pastor for a long time would not need to be reminded of that and pounded of that um, but I really did, and uh, as part of what I feel like God wants to do in this season, like maybe this month, maybe these three months, maybe this year, I don't really know what that season looks like, but I know that God's wanting to really speak some really deep core identity things into our hearts of how our relationship with him and, and, and where that's birthed out of it, because it affects everything. It affects literally everything, and so uh, we're right in the middle of like 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's nothing super spiritual about the 21 days like for us, um, and so if you haven't started and you'd like to start, you can start tomorrow or, or whenever you want to, and you can do it three days or seven days, whatever. That's up to you. Um, just let the Lord lead you in that. We're not being legalistic about everything, but we just want you to be led of the Lord and walk with Him in it and, um, and give yourself wholly to it so that He can really speak to you, but um, so in this season, I just really believe that God's wanted to do some deep things because what's kind of stunned me many times about Christian folk um, is that sometimes we're like super saved. You know, like there's people that like, like they know Jesus, but then there's people that like, man, they're really working to be super duper saved as if like there's like these levels of, of salvation or something. And they're just, um, and, and I think, but what kind of shocks me about many times uh, our relationship with God is while we've got this kind of salvation thing and we're hanging on to this, sometimes we're so broken emotionally, like we're just a, a bloody mess emotionally or relationally, like we don't know how to keep good relationships. We don't know how to carry on like good lifelong like friendships in which we, there's not just taking or not just giving, but it's, it's a good relationship. Uh, or maybe even physically maybe suffering through some things. And so I really believe in this season, whatever the, that length of that is, God wants to speak into really just our whole being. Like, and, like, and that is birthed out of just our core identity in Christ. And I want to explain kind of what I mean by that. Something that's a big need for me is, um, like, for some of you in the house, you've actually been through, like, pre-marriage counseling or marriage counseling with us, Taryn and I. And um, we do, like, the five love languages. Many of you are familiar with that. It's Gary Chapman. He's an author. And it's, like, there's these five different love languages in which we give and receive love. Um, and so just kind of cat of the back, my, one of my big ones is words of affirmation, which means affirming. Like, when people, like, my wife, if she really wants to build me up, you know, she can, you know, physical touch is nice, but it's not high on my list. But words of affirmation, her encouraging me, her speaking life into me is really important. And so what, what I've learned kind of about that, and, and you'll, you'll see why I'm, I'm bringing this up here in just a second when we go to the text, um, 
is, is because that's a core, like inside of my identity, it's a core need, like and desire. And so what I do is I really kind of try to get that from other people. And, and so that's why it's really important for my spouse to be giving that to me or else I kind of, you know, begin to look for it. Or when I don't have it, there's kind of like, uh, it's kind of low. I'm kind of running low on the, the love side. And, and really that speaks into my identity. Um, and I think all of us do that. We all like have like our, our different love languages and we find that affirmation sadly outside of God. Not that, that, that we don't still need that from humans and need that a lot, but the core of our identity and the core of our being should be affirmation in who we are as a son and daughter of God. That is the core being. And from there, like everything else is like icing on the cake. I, what I found is that I'm a lot less needy um, when I'm just needy for Jesus. Like I'm a lot less needy with all the people around me when I'm just at, you know, at the feet of Jesus and I'm really being found and my identity is really planted in him. And so that, does, again, doesn't rid us of the need to need from other people and be affirmed and have physical touch or quality time or whatever those things might be. We'll look at that another day. But it should. Our core identity and our core purpose should be coming from our relationship with God and, and specifically our inner relationship with God. And that's why I bring this up is because we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 today. Uh, you can turn with me or you can go to like the Bible thing. There's a live event and notes on there and stuff too for, for the Bible app. Um, but we're going to Jesus's first big sermon. Like, I always think this is an exciting place to go. Um, like, Jesus's first ministry, we, we know, is like, uh, you know, turning water into wine. Like, he wasn't even ready to, like, jump into ministry. and does that miracle. And his first sermon is known as the Sermon on the Mount. It happens between Matthew 5 and Matthew 7. And it's this big sermon, and, like, he's just coming out of the gate. Like, sometimes when I haven't preached in, like, a uh, you know, a couple of weeks, I come out, and I'm just, like, ready to go, and I got so much of my heart and mind, and, like, Jesus, there's been a lot stored up for a long time, and so he gets up, it's on the mountain, and he's just, like, going through everything. He's talking about divorce. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about humility. He's talking about missional living. He's talking about, all, like, you, you name it, he's, like, going into it uh, here in Matthew 5 through 7, and one really interesting thing that I, I want to bring up because we're going to be going to the Lord's Prayer, verses 9 through 13, here in just a minute. One interesting thing that kind of contextually around that, there's these three instances that happen right around the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus refers to giving, he refers to fasting, and he refers to prayer. And he connects them all with this very simple phrase. He says the exact same phrase three times, so that he's obviously making a connection between these three things. And, And it's this phrase, quote, Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your father who, is, who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. Um, and, and sadly, for many of us as believers, our inner life with God, what's done in secret, is not a priority. Most of the times, our focus is really on external. It's external doing. It's, it, it, it's, it's making sure, like, I'm, I'm keeping all the rules. It, it, it's not, the focus is not the inner life with God. Um, and, and even if it's at work for some of you, and you're like waiting for the promotion, you're doing everything you can for the promotion, and like, I wonder what that would do for our, our life and our frustration with someone else being advanced over us, or those type of things that happen. I wonder what it would do for us if we really just began to be affirmed in, in the kind of the inner place relationship with God. Uh, that we would just know that God, like, maybe I'm not going to have riches and treasures on this earth, but I'm storing it up uh, in the, the age to come. So he connects these thoughts here, and he connects them because of uh, the inner life, because he's really pointing all the listeners there 
to really not just doing it on the outside, because they were kind of in this mode. Everything was about doing. They'd come from this Jewish background. Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. He's just beginning ministry. So they've come from this Jewish mindset of having to keep all 514 laws, which really was impossible. But everybody tried really hard and were really proud and, and pri- prideful about that. So Jesus is pointing people really to an inner life with God um, for our identity. Um, and then lastly here, he, you know, he says again, that he's going to reward what's done in secret. So let's get, jump in to the Lord's Prayer, and hopefully we'll shed some light on this and look at this in a little bit different way that will kind of breathe fresh, fresh light on it. Uh, this, then, is how you should pray. Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. <laughs> On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven um, our, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or evil. Um, sorry, I could have quoted that one. He's waiting on me to keep going. Um, it's such, a, I, I remember in high school, we, um, I played football and every day, like I, I think this would like not be allowed anymore, but every day to close our practice, we said the Lord's Prayer. Like, like my coaches weren't even Christians, but it's like something we did. You know, and this kind of became this kind of very much quoted thing. And I, I don't really know like their purpose behind doing it because again, none of them were believers that I, I know of, but it was something we did and everybody said it and just kind of went through it. And what Jesus says right before this He's like, look, don't be like the pagans. Don't be like others who just kind of babble on and on and on. And it's nothing, you know, um, sincere coming from their heart. But Jesus, he says, this then is how you should pray. He's kind of laying out how, how we should pray. And so there's some things I want to talk about really today about praying transformational prayers. And I, I really believe like when we genuinely um, from our hearts begin to pray prayers like God meets us there and like we really are transformed particularly I want to look at this text and how this text just really grabbing a hold of like the core meaning of these things really shapes us in really deep ways our father in heaven hallowed be your name I believe that really speaks to us today about our identity being shaped in Christ Um, I don't know about for you but when I was a, a kid and when I was a teenager in particular I was super afraid of God. <laughs> like, I, I had heard some, like, messages that, like, hey, if you leave here today, what if you get hit by a bus? Like, I, it was literally, I mean, I heard it that. Anybody else hear one of those? Anybody else, like, say yes to Jesus because of that? Come on, like, <laughs> yep, you're laughing because it's true. Um, so I'm going to do that later, too. It's obviously very effective. <laughs> so so um, our identities, and so I got a lot of those things, and so that began to shape kind of my worldview. Like, I really began to shape how I viewed God, that, um, man, I better get right or I'm going to get left. You know, it was one of those things. I'd heard those kind of quotes get thrown around church, and, um, and there, there was never kind of this genuine inner life, and it was so much about external. And even when other people weren't trying to make it about external, I think in our flesh, we make it about the external. You know, even when others are teaching us the opposite, we, we just kind of walk in, in the flesh and can do it ourselves and can prove it ourselves. And uh, the thing is, is that many of us kind of even, maybe you're here today, kind of looking on the other side of that, maybe you're here today because um, you've got some integrity issues that you really don't want to be a part of your life. 
Um, maybe there's addictions, maybe uh, you don't like the way you treat people, maybe you're just really hurting and, 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 you know, there's some things going on in secret that you're just really not proud of and you really are coming and you're hoping to, like, get some of those things right and that's, like, maybe even why you're in this room today and I, I really believe that, that God wants to speak into that integrity but he wants to do it through connecting to our identity because out of our identity is birthed um, integrity. Out of the, the secret place is really where we're shaped. We're really shaped that inner life with God. Um, not from the external of me saying, do this, do this, do this. It's from that inner life with God that the secret place will shape you. And, and, and when I say secret place, I'm not necessarily meaning so up under a tree somewhere. That sounds great and that sounds fantastic. But that secret place with God is that inner life with God. Wherever you are, that place will shape you. Um, I, I've had, a, I've, I've been in church a lot in my life, kind of grew up, most of you have heard my story, grew up in church, and so um, the external stuff was just always, I don't know, sometimes it even got monotonous and I got jaded by it, but it wasn't until I really began to have an inner life with God that I really began to be transformed, and when we pray, our Father, which art in heaven, it, it's, it's giving us a perspective about our identity. Look at Galatians 4 and 7. It says that you're no longer slaves. You're no longer slaves. Do you have that up there? I think you do. Um, you're no longer slaves, but you're heirs. And if you're heirs, or if you're sons, then you're also heirs. Galatians 4, 7. And, and it's a, a powerful thought for us that some of us, we're not living as sons and daughters. We're not approaching God as sons and daughters. We're approaching in fear. We're uh, approaching, I mean, just think about how you start your prayers, Think about kind of your mentality when you begin a prayer. Is it like, uh, so here I am again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and here's the beautiful thing is that Jesus has made a way for us to approach God boldly, but he's shown us the way to approach him humbly. He's made a way for us to approach him boldly, but he's shown us the way to live humbly. And that's, that's a big thing for us to grab a hold of today is that not... Not just the humility side, but also the boldness side that we can come in. Jesus has made a way for us to come to God, um, and we have not because we ask not. I mean, you can go on on that, that point, but uh, that secret place will shape us, and having that inner life with God is what Jesus is pointing to here. And I think as he begins to do this, he's shaping, and, and honestly, some of this stuff is stuff that they've heard before. He's just connecting a bunch of dots, but I think kind of in, in light of the gospel, in light of really the scriptures and what we know kind of in this place, we can view it in such a way and begin to pray these things because it, it makes our identity. We approach him as father. And some of you have had terrible examples of fathers, and you hate to hear that because it's so difficult to even think of that. But he's a, a good, good father to us today. And when we begin to find our identity in him and not all the other stuff, that births integrity. Because what is integrity? It's, it's kind of what's done behind the scenes. It's not who you are in front of people. It's who you are behind the scenes. And so, like, if you've got some real integrity issues that you are really trying to address, and maybe God's even quickened your, your heart um, to say, man, I need to look at this. I need to let God do something about this. Quit trying to, like, force feed it. Like, just be thinking, praying, because God wants to do some really, really deep things in your life. Sometimes this is actually about that. Right? Your addictions aren't necessarily because you just love that so much. It's really usually from a place of pain. And kind of the other side is that is our identity is not in Christ.
as much as you know it can be and just as I develop. So just a transformational prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. Again, it's just calling him holy and, and kind of seeing our, our desperate need for the Father. So our identity is shaped. Secondly, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a tough prayer to pray. And Jesus prayed it in like the toughest situation of all time. He prays this prayer. Remember, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and like he's just, you just kind of picture it. I mean, just so difficult. Like he's literally having this secret place with God, this communication with the Lord at this time. And what's he pray? Praise yet. God, if there's any way to pass this cup for me where I don't have to go to the cross, that would be amazing. Yet, but it's not my will, but yours be done. That's a difficult prayer to pray. It takes boldness, and it takes humility to pray that prayer. I mean, doesn't it? I mean, it takes boldness and it takes humility that is birthed out of that identity that, that, that Jesus very much had being fully, fully God. He showed us this way. Um, and, and so really kind of the second thing as we move into that, our, our purpose is inspired. Our purpose becomes inspired. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we're really unique people, uh, all of us in this room. You're really unique. Like your personality is unique. There's no one else in this room like you that just has all this interesting makeup that you have. Uh, no one else has like the gifts and the passions that you have. They're very unique to you, but the beautiful places that, that we find ourselves in the body of Christ is that all of those are united in this simple call um, to God, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They're all united under that one mission, on earth as it is in heaven. And some, sometimes we go like searching for like purposes outside of that. Like I'd probably heard about purpose and it being in the kingdom, and I'd kind of run, and I started searching for other places because maybe for me, I think for a while, that just wasn't like cool enough. Like I needed something else. I needed to come up with another slant. I needed it to be fresh, and what I found out is that when I really, my, my identity and my calling really just began to get founded in him, it really birthed out just true inspiration for my purpose. That, that really birthed out an opportunity for me to use this kind of unique way that I'm wound up and spun. Like, there's a unique way for me to have a, a part of allowing the kingdom of God to come on earth as is a heaven. The same is true for you. And you may feel, like be thinking, like, all right, how is that the case? Um, uh, Lee, I want to use you for an example. I didn't ask you about this, but is it okay if I use you as an example? Okay. He's like, it depends what it is. Um, <laughs> So I don't want to go too much into detail, but um, just this week, you're kind of uh, trying to paint a picture of, like, again, how, how do we live that out? How does our purpose become inspired? And so um, I'm not throwing anything um, too um, secret here out, but uh, Lee's participating in our fasting, and he just said, you know, God, I've been texting with him and, and, you know, connecting with him throughout the week. He's texting me and calling me and different things, and and was just, you know, saying, man, even like Monday, like we started, what, last Sunday? And he said, even Monday, like he just kind of felt this awareness of God and like wanting to be obedient in the purpose. And so he cuts hair. He's an incredible stylist, like just, just the best in the city. I mean, uh, he's just that good. Uh, no, he's like shaking his head, but he's, he's legit. Um, anyway, so he's, he's cutting hair um, with these folks, and uh, he just really felt like the need to like pray with them right there in, in his salon. And 
uh, prays for him. And uh, he's just like, I don't know. I just really felt like it was, you know, necessary. And he, and he showed me this text from uh, these people. It was a couple, a couple of family members, and uh, they just texted back, just man, that was incredible. I haven't felt God's spirit like that in a, a long, long time. And, and so it was just that obedience. Like we wonder, like how can God use me? And it's not like building a stage and attracting five million people to it, or you know, giving a million dollars. It's just the simple. It's the daily that's right in front of you. And because sometimes we're looking for affirmation outside of the secret place, and because it's not public, we can't just rejoice in that inner, that inner life with God and that opportunity to just, man, that's amazing. I just rejoiced with him this morning. I'm like, that's so awesome. What a cool, cool thing. And so know that like this week, like God wants to do that in your life. If you're just willing to like listen and just like pray that prayer genuinely, like boldly and humbly, like your kingdom come on earth as it is in the heaven. Um, that's difficult, yet not my will, but yours be done. That's powerful, powerful stuff for us today. So our identity shape and our purpose is inspired. And maybe you're in that place where things are just dry, like you're over your career and you're just like, I'm done with it. I'm just tired of doing the monotony. Like begin to tap in and pray this prayer for real. And all of a sudden that lame work that you're so sick of, somehow it is inspired with a purpose that is a part of the kingdom that's so much bigger than what you ever thought it would be. And what an impact. I mean, can you just kind of see that? Like, if we were all just, like, living that out and walking that every day, like, you know, what a just a powerful kind of picture for us. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? You pray this most of the time when you sit down for a meal, don't you? Um, It's funny to hear kids pray prayers because they always, you know, mess them up. And I remember just praying kind of uh, God is great. God is good. You let us thank him for our food. You know, we'd pray, pray something like that every night. And I've always had this kind of understanding about the Lord's Prayer, like, give us this day our daily bread. That's kind of the, the thought. Uh, and a couple years ago, I felt like God really gave me kind of a different revelation about this. And not that that one's canceled out, but I think it's just a whole other perspective on how to view this scripture and how to view this prayer. Because if you look at it in one piece, give us this day our daily bread follows what? It follows, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Give us what day? Are we talking about this day or are we talking about the day of the kingdom? And so I begin to look at this a little bit different. So are we talking about daily bread or are we talking about what Jesus talked about in John chapter 4 when his disciples came to him and said, look, i got food you know nothing about. Or is he talking about the water that he told the Samaritan woman a few verses before that and says, look, you keep coming to this well and you keep looking for it here? He's like, I got living water where you'll never thirst again. What's he talking about? I don't know. Maybe one of them. Um, Maybe both of them. Jesus is just super deep like that. He can speak a bunch of things. Give us this day our daily bread that somehow the kingdom of heaven would become like bread and the purpose that we have in Jesus and walking in the kingdom would become food that people know nothing about. And so in this time where we're setting aside food and we're stripping some things away from our life, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if God just might be saying, there is food that you know nothing about. There is sustenance that goes far beyond your paycheck and becomes, you know, the cookie that you are dying to eat, you know, at the end of this fast, like I am. You know, um, there is sustenance so far beyond that. And we have an opportunity to tap into that. And, and really see God move um, in an incredible way. Later on in John 4, Jesus says, My food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. 
Like that sustenance is just to walk in obedience. Like this is my daily bread is just to walk it. It's just to walk it every day. I love the word daily in this, in this part of the prayer. Daily. Like some of us, like we would love to hit Sam's Club with Jesus, right? And just get stocked up for winter, right? We love that. We love that. Just pack the trunk. We're good for the winter, you know? Um, it, but it, I think God really, sometimes it happens. Sometimes he does that. And we see God move in incredible ways, and it just it does it. It lasts us through the season. Other times, there's this really beautiful thing about just walking daily with God um, and not having more than what we need for that day. Um, and it, it develops an intense, intense trust in God when we just walk daily. And so that's another thing, I think, as we pray that prayer, that underline that daily Underline that daily aspect because there's some real trust that's developed. Some of you may be in, in this house, you may be even going through like a financial time where you're literally living kind of, you know, day to day. I was, uh, I grabbed some bananas this morning um, and walked outside and there was just a homeless person like sleeping uh, and I didn't want to wake them. But um, man, it just reminded me that, you know, of just that, that daily hunger to just go searching and not knowing where you're going to lay your head and, um, and so I think it just brings us back to just letting God develop that trust in our lives. Um, that you may not have grace for tomorrow, but you got grace for today, if that makes sense to you. Uh, and I'm not saying grace sal- salvation-wise, but I'm saying grace for the day, what you need in that moment. Um, and just know that walking with God, that, that he develops that trust. He develops that trust and that sustenance in his kingdom. Our trust is developed. Give us this day our daily bread and um, lead us not into temptation. Is that the next one, right? Uh, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Sorry, I messed it up there. Um, Forgive us our debts. This was always a weird one for me. I don't know about for you. This is always a weird one. I'm like, doesn't just God forgive me, right? Doesn't he just forgive me? And, And Jesus says here, um, can you go back to the verse? Because I want to I read it exactly, because I'll put my Kyle translation, and that's not what I want to read right now. Um, yeah, continue. Oh, yeah. Next one, yeah. And forgive us our debts, uh, as we've also have forgiven our debtors. That, that, that's always um, an interesting one to me, and not that the two are like, I mean, just how does that work? You know, I've always just thought through that. And what I feel like God was speaking to me in just kind of clarity on this is that um, you guys know what, like, the old rail cars, like, what those used to look like? There was two guys that would stand, and there was, like, this pole in the middle, and you'd kind of do this thing, and, like, there was this unison back and forth. Do you know what I'm talking about? All right, everybody with me? Sorry I didn't have a video of that playing. Um, it, it, that's kind of the picture that God brought to me is... That there is this, this movement in our hearts that happens in unison with God. As he's doing that in our life, it's so easy to do that with others, right? If you're holding bitterness with someone else, if you have unforgiveness with other people, I, I'd encourage you to just sit before the Lord and like let him really, really, really speak into that. And, and more than anything, have a real awareness of your own brokenness. Because the more I am aware of how flawed and broken I am without Jesus, it's so much easier to forgive other people. M- m- mercy that God's given me, it makes it so much easier to be merciful to other people. 
And so, um, in fact, you know, some people are like, you're being too graceful, you're being too merciful. I've been given a lot of mercy. I've been given a lot of grace, so I'll freely give it. Um, to whom much is given, much is required. That's kind of where that comes from in the book of, of, of James. And so, uh, I really believe there's like a, a, a healing, like an inner healing, like in our identity and, and the things that we're going through that's really received from God, and it makes it so easy to give that and pass that on. The more of Jesus that we receive, the, the, um, the more whole we become. Uh, the more my identity is not founded in Kyle's plans for the future, in Kyle's you know, thoughts about how things are supposed to go, in my own theology and how I want to look through things, the more it's defined by Jesus, that, and the more of that I receive, the more whole I become. And the more whole I become... Uh, the more realization I have of just how broken I really am and how much I really need him. So there's this beautiful work of healing that God wants to do in this. And so if you've ever, like me, kind of get confused with what that scripture means, forgive us our debts as we forgive those, our debtors, just kind of picture that rail car. And there's this, this unison. As God's doing something in me, it's so much easier to offer that. And that's transformational. That's really transformational. And even people that you, it's so wild. I remember a time, uh, and I won't go into the details of my own issues I was dealing with, but I was dealing with some real pain when I was in college, um, and I was sitting in a class, and I just began to weep, like, intensely, like, it was out of control, like, I was a mess, like, in the back of the room, and thank God I was in the back of the room, or everybody would have noticed, Um, uh, and I was just weeping, and God had just struck my heart with all this resentment and all this bitterness I was carrying to a person that I had never, ever spoken that to. I had never, ever verbalized that pain to anyone. But it is pain that I had I lived with. It was bitterness I had lived with. And it had nothing to do with that person. It had me taking on things that were not intended for me. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, like if you're battling through, through some of those things, just like wait and be patient before the Lord. And like sometimes things that are completely off the wall, and it's amazing what God will do in there. And it was a game changer for me in my relationships. It was a game changer for me in my overall wholeness and really a sense of how broken I was the whole time. Uh, Lastly here, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us um, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. Lead us not into temptation or to evil or to trials, depending on how you want to translate that. Um, but deliver us from evil or the, the evil one. I think that the translation actually is a, a little bit more pure when it's just evil, not evil one. But you can look into the Greek for that yourself. But um, lead us not into it. Um, God doesn't lead us into temptation, first of all. Like look at James, like God does not tempt. Um, so that's why I think leading us into trials um, is, a, is a better, you know, um, translation. Not that I'm better than all of them, but uh, who, who put this together. But just in studying the Greek, I really feel like, um, you know, into trials, because those things can make a big difference. So, like, increasing, like, your ability to study and, like, learn some of those things really help theologically. Um, and so, I, I think leading us into trials, I think, because sometimes God does. Like, what, what does God do? So he allows those trials to happen, and he refines us and purifies us. And this prayer here is that, that lead us, God. Lead us not into those things, but deliver us. Like, that there's this process every day of deliverance and freedom that God wants us to walk into. And I believe it all connects back to the beginning. Is our identities found in him. Like we begin to walk that out. There's healing that happens. There's this daily bread of just sitting at his feet in his presence. 
Um, and our path is just directed. Not only is our identity shaped, but our future is shaped by him who loved us and gave himself for us. That our path is directed. If you're anything like me, you like to plan, right? We were, uh, went to the mountains a couple weeks ago. And you ever have one of those times where you leave the house and you have to go back three times before you really leave? So we were leaving to come back down. Um, and there was like no cell phone service for us up there, which was super. Um, but we left and we forgot like some, a couple of things. We had to run back. And we're like, oh my gosh. We started getting down the hill. We're like, oh my gosh, we don't have directions or GPS. Like we're so reliant on that. And so we had to go back and hop on Wi-Fi and download the, the directions. And if you're like me, like you want to leave with the directions. You want to leave, know where you're going. You want to have a three-year plan, a five-year plan. Um, you probably don't do that. I, I do that. <laughs> um, um, I started loving my life so much more when I stopped doing that a whole lot less. I really did. Because I, as I, I taught last week, Galatians 2.20, I realized it wasn't my life anyway. So like, who am I to call the shots? Once I really started living daily bread, once I really, not, not heard it, not prayed it, but once I started living daily bread, my path, I just felt like th- there's just days it clicks just days it clicks, and seasons where it clicks, and, uh, and, and I felt that um, as I really began to, to find myself holy in him. Taryn's favorite verse, I told you my favorite verse last week, Galatians 2.20, this is, this is probably hers. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You've heard it before. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways do what? Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That, that submission idea is a big deal, right? It's... It's just a life of obedience. It's a life of obedience. For some of us, anybody else in the room like ever get to a place where like, God, I just don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're directing. I don't know what you're doing uh, in all of this. Um, if you're walking in obedience with God, you don't have to worry. If, if you're walking in just daily obedience in the little things, I, I, I think God refines the things that we're so worried about choosing route A or choosing route B. Um, when we're walking in obedience on a daily basis, that becomes so much easier. He makes our path straight. Like he is good enough and, and wise enough um, to work all that out. You know, but sometimes we, wor- we worry ourselves and we're so anxious over the smallest decisions. And it's just being faithful and the every day, it's just submitting every day, and you don't have to worry about the future. Like, in fact, God's got that under control. <laughs> Thank God. Because I got plenty to be worried about with the daily and what I'm going through in my five-year plan that's not coming like I thought. And when I begin to enjoy the daily bread, man, um, it's a game changer. When I just work on the submission side and I just work on the daily enjoyment, delighting myself in the Lord, I start seeing a lot more of those desires come from my heart. I didn't even know about when I'm just delighting myself in him, when I'm just submitting to him, when I'm just walking with him. Um, talking about like transformational prayers today, and, and uh, th- these are kind of, look at these as bite-sized prayers maybe, and just, or maybe a process or one, whatever you want to do, but I just wonder like God, God wants to just continually conform us into his image um, as he sees us and just uh, on this earth, just walking that out and uh, he's refining us. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform anymore to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. 
And it starts here. So I, I said again, a lot of emotional journey, a lot of mental journey. And like some of us, like just allowing God to speak into some of those things that we've been getting affirmation from different things. We've been trying to find our value and our purpose. Maybe the wrong things. And maybe God just wants to do a really, really deep work of identity and purpose and trust and submission and healing in our life. Maybe God would do that in us today and in this season of our church. And that's what I'm hopeful for. That's what I'm praying for. Because here's the thing, transform people can transform cities. Transform people can transform families. Transform people can transform a work environment. Can shape young children when they've been transformed. But what's the same thing about hurting people do what? Hurt people. So healed people. Heal people. And I believe that this is not for not. First of all, it's for you. God loves you individually, and then that's where it's starting. But I think there's that next layer. As God transforms us, it's it's just gonna bleed into the city, it's going to bleed into our families, it's going to bleed into our work, it's going to bleed into the nations. On Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that we've tasted and seen that you're good today. God, just in your presence, we've encountered you in a fresh way. And just the closeness of your spirit, God. And I just pray that that same spirit would guide us into the truth of our lives, God. And maybe the identity things that we've been hanging on to that are not of you, that are not who we are in Christ. We've been living life as a slave and not as a son or a daughter. And certainly not as an heir. God, for those that are over their job, I just hate it. They're just hate Monday is the worst day going back to work. God, I just pray that, that their purpose would be inspired in the kingdom. God, for every single person in the house, develop that trust in our heart to just trust you in the everyday, God, that you are our daily bread. You are our sustenance. Your mercy is new every morning. Transform us, God, to be your image in this city and our families across this world. We thank you for this time. We celebrate what Jesus did on the cross, God, right now. Kim's going to come and invite us to the table today. Let's worship together.